0: Hi, welcome back to Theology Happens, a show where we again talk about theology and how it applies to our life. I am Rob Schutz, and this is episode number five. We are cooking right along here, episode five, Theology Happens, and today I wanted to talk about prophecy and prophets, specifically uh, false prophecy and false prophets, uh, because In today's church, um, prophets and prophecy are things that are still very much discussed. There's a lot of debate, a lot of conversation. There's a lot of um, just all around just a lot that goes uh, into that subject matter today, Um, whether it be um, just the, the overall argument of sensationalism or continuationism those being the idea that the the sign gifts are um, dead or they uh, are still active um, whether it stems from that debate or just the simple reality that because of the world we live in today because of everything that's gone on um, because of things like even this show um, people have much more access and much more availability to watch and keep up with their favorite, pastors or theologians or um, teachers, uh, whoever they might be, um, whether it be just social media stuff or YouTube or podcasts or or whatever the case, or even traditional TV in in some cases. um, There's just a huge number of people out there who are putting out content. And so one of the areas in which people put out a substantial amount of content is in this concept of prophecy. There are, um, there are just many, um, self-proclaimed prophets. There are many self-proclaimed, um, people who, who get a word from the Lord and, and, and speak it out there. And so I want to talk about this subject, talk about what the Bible says about the subject and how we might be able to, um, distinguish this because, uh, ultimately I think there we, we fall into two major categories. And again, this is sort of a generalization. Um, it could be some subtle nuance here, uh, but generally speaking, I think prophecy or claiming, um, certain claims typically leads us into two major errors. Um, that's not to say that people can't speak prophetically today. Um, I am not a sensationalist, at least not a, on sensationalist I would say I'm probably a a hesitant or skeptical uh, continuist um just simply because I, I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility I just don't think it's the norm and I don't think it was even the norm in the first century um, but um we can that's a that's a church history argument and that's something we could maybe talk about a different episode but anyways before we get off on that tangent uh, like I was saying, I think we we run into two major errors when we talk about prophecy or or how prophecy is generally used today, um, in a lot of circles, and a lot of in a lot of ways. That we lead into two, I think, big areas, and that first area would be, uh, cults, and I'll we'll get into this. Don't worry, cults. Uh, but then the second would would be either a progressive Christianity or a liberal Christianity would be the other flaw that we we can fall into, when we when we talk about this concept because again I understand that there's a lot of debate and the church is is sort of split on this whole issue of of prophecy but but I mean it's it's really popular for someone to make some sort of claim like this right and this is good this I'm not even talking about the necessarily the false prophets that we'll get into later but I'm just talking about just an everyday Christian vocabulary When I, in all all honesty, I've said this myself. Um, so before you start thinking, I'm, you know, not somebody who's made this error. Um, I, I have as well, but anyways, people will say things like this, like, oh, God told me, or I feel like God wants me to say, um, well, and we'll preface something else with, with a term or a phrase like that. And on its surface, it doesn't necessarily seem too harmful, right? Again, like, oh, I feel like the Lord really put this on my heart to tell you X, um, right? And, and it could be something really mundane. It can be like, hey, you know, God still loves you and has a plan for your life, right? Like that's that's not overly uh, controversial. That's not anything um, crazy, um, but we we say things like that. Where we get into danger with that, where we get into errors when we think about that, is we might not realize what we're saying when we put a phrase like, God told me, or I feel like the Lord wants me to say whatever it might be. Um, Because what we might not realize is prophecy is thus saith the Lord right <laughs> um, a word came to the prophet so-and-so and he spoke this um, just in my own devotion time I'm going through uh, Jeremiah and many times that's how it begins where uh, you know God speaks to to Jeremiah and says hey tell the people this and he tells the people that and then um, it, well in his case it doesn't go well very often but um nevertheless he he continues to do so and so when we then take that phrase what we are maybe even subconscious or excuse me not subconsciously uh unintentionally doing is we're sort of leveling the um that word that we're bringing to scripture and you might think i'm out of bounds here but that's truly what we are saying because if we're saying god said god told me or i feel like god wants me to say this then you're more or less getting to a thus saith the lord kind of category and if we are going to say something like that then it better line up with something that god said so in my initial metaphor or example of you know hey i feel like god really just wants me to tell you that you know he loves you and he's got a plan for you that's not out of bounds, right? Like if this is a Christian we're talking to, this is a person who's following God and, and maybe they're just discouraged because maybe things aren't going how they envisioned or they planned. You can give that encouragement because yeah, that's, that's true, right? We, we can look at plenty of scripture to back that up. We can turn to, um, shoot anywhere really to, um, talk about that. Yeah. God loves and he has a plan and a purpose for, um, his people. Um, uh, So we could back that up So yeah we can speak prophetically In that way And Again I'm not saying it's impossible uh, For something God you know To use somebody to say something But we need to be cautious That if we're going to put That phrase in front of something Does it Does not line up And Granted this is not probably a, a huge issue like i i don't think many christians are are terribly stumbled by this that excuse me that if um, someone were to say this in the congregation to somebody you know during some time of fellowship or, or whatever the case might be i don't think too many christians are going to go oh well so and so said so and so said that god said that this was going to happen and you know, whatever the case may be, maybe it comes to pass, maybe it doesn't, or maybe it's really subtle and they interpret, oh, this event, uh, you know, I I don't think we get really too caught up in it. But I just want to throw this out there to sort of kick this conversation off with this, because if we are going to be diligent Christians, if we're going to be consistent Christians, intelligible Christians, we need to know that everything we say needs to be meaningful. It needs to, um, have, have, a, a an intention or a purpose or, or just know the ramifications of what we, we say, right. Um, because we're speaking to people and, you know, if we say, Hey, God said this and we, he didn't, then, then we're either deceiving or lying or, or whatever the case might be. And so we need to be careful, you know, when we, when we approach this concept uh, just, for the sake of being consistent you know um and so again i get it i i know i've said it when i've just had an, a, a moment like that with someone but um ultimately we we probably shouldn't be careless with that kind of phraseology we, we need to be you know if we're gonna make a claim that i think god would say this or i feel like god put this on my heart <sighs> and if it's not directly from the bible then hopefully it's something that can be very evidently found in the Bible um, because it needs to it needs to match it needs to be aligned with God or else we're in danger of of deception or lies or something along those lines. Now, <clears throat> as far as again, my big concern. With this, with this issue, uh, again, comes to, you know, either we end up in a cult or we end up in um, a liberal theology. And I say that because, cause again, typically when we talk about prophecy, most of the time we don't think about the examples I just laid out. Uh, generally speaking, that's become so normalized in the Christian culture these days that i don't think a lot of people give it much weight there's you know there's a handful of people i'm sure we can think of who always say that to us or or whatnot but ultimately when we do talk about um, prophecy we do typically end up in one of those two camps uh, either some sort of cult or some sort of bad uh, liberal or progressive type christianity because it muddies the water and I say that because, so, again, like I was saying, prophecy needs to be, um, well, not needs to be, prophecy is speaking on behalf of God, right? The Old Testament prophet or the New Testament prophet is essentially God's mouthpiece. God is using that individual to speak um, on his behalf to either the nation of Israel or to the church, right, depending on the, on the circumstance of of when those... Um, Different things came into being. And so then if we're going to be reminded of that, then we have to understand that that's what we're talking about when we talk about prophecy, that this is someone acting, excuse me, someone speaking on behalf of God. And so, again, like I said, cults or liberal theology, because here's what takes place. First cults. Cause I think this one's the more easy one to, to grasp almost every cult has generally a charismatic leader who rises up, says he has a special revelation or a personal revelation from God. And so we must therefore do this, or he says that several times, um, a clear-cut example of of this would be the lds um church right the the church of jesus christ latter-day saints the mormons uh, if you will they legitimately do have a prophet within their hierarchy he's um an older gentleman who's usually been serving in in their system for a long period of time and i don't I, I don't know how he they i think they elect him or maybe that's the president i don't know i know I've always forget all the little nuance there but but there is a there's a man who's called the prophet of the church of mormonism and he um has revelation he he hears directly from god on, on how they should move and what they should do uh, that's exactly what joseph smith said he said that you know, an angel told, you know came and spoke to him, told him where to find the special book. God told him how to translate the book, and all the stuff that only he knew. He had some some close associates early on, but again, like only he knew this, and only he knew that, and and that's how it it played out. Um, the Branch Davidians, um, Waco, Texas. Um, that whole tragedy, that whole situation, right? The same deal. This guy said that he got a special revelation from God on how to especially interpret the book of revelation. And it's a, you know, how it's a special way to see it. And I got this special message that I want to get out and all that, that, you know, ultimately, you know, ended in the death of, of, I forget the number, but at least dozens, I think maybe even into the hundreds, um, because again, of the special revelation and his unwillingness to, to, um, yield to um the law and although there's some weird controversy too about how that was handled but that that again that's a tangent for another day um actually there was a pretty cool little mini series on it um i don't know if it's 100 percent accurate but it was interesting at least um anyways i think it was just called waco if you want to look it up anyways um <clears throat> but these two organizations um that, that that's the root of what they the what they they kicked off with a particular leader who said, I, I know something that you don't. God has spoken to me directly. I'm going to share it now with you. And and so we can see how easily people can be twisted and messed up with that. And and ultimately, it's easy to refute those movements if you're grounded in in the word of God so that when you hear someone say, thus saith the Lord, you can go, well, that doesn't quite line up. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit as we go along as well. Um, <clears throat> but the other, um, <clears throat> error we run into is, is getting into a, a progressive Christian idea or, or a liberal Christian theology. And that happens because when we start to have people saying, Oh, well, God told me to do this or God told me to do that. We then have to either say it's all on the same level of scripture or we have to, um, say, well, that's a a step down from like the Bible. So either it's like it's equal or it's, or it's lower. Um, there's a there's an interesting um a teacher who uh, was listening to this individual share their their story and they, they show they they shared the story of uh, being in a in a airport waiting for their flight and they were sitting there I forget what they said they were doing reading or scrolling on their phone. I don't remember exactly but they they said they were looking around they saw this man sort of disheveled looking man sitting in a, a wheelchair um, also waiting for the flight. And she said that um, the Lord told her to go brush that man's hair. Now <laughs> th- that's where we now enter in something interesting because the way that's phrased and the way that it seemed in her recounting of the story is that God commanded her to go brush this individual's hair so then that would introduce this idea that okay then does that mean god commands us to brush hair or god has a special command for this individual and so you see how that can start to get a little weird like what's our category for that is that scripture right or is that like like well it's something that god's calling her maybe to do like for her to go and and uh try to uh brush this individual's hair anyways it a lot of those kind of things like and she talks about how she was like debating with god and all that now here's what i want to clarify i do think god stirs us right like when we're in a moment um something can come up and God sort of stirs us to, to some sort of action. But we can't say like, well, God is commanding or God is calling me or telling me to necessarily do that. Cause then we start to put that within like a biblical command. And if it's not something that God actually commands us to do, then we start to get into this dangerous area where it's like, okay, well obviously I'm not sinning. If I don't go brush that guy's hair, I'm just being disobedient to God. And then you go wait, sin <laughs> is disobedience to God. And so, so, anyways, you get into this weird argument, and and so it can become this weird wishy-washy concept, and to the point where again, this is why I say it can lead us to a, a liberal or a progressive idea, because now what is what is the authoritative parts of Scripture, right? We could even we could even argue that, right? There's there's groups of christians who go oh well yeah paul wrote some stuff if there's some good stuff in there but it's not the same as jesus's words like the red letters in the bible those are those are more important if i you gotta follow those for sure we can't ignore that but paul man not so much right and so then we can get people who are now taking out chunks of scripture the honest the breath of god right the word of god because we've gotten this idea that the thus saith the lord maybe doesn't carry the same weight because well you know sometimes he speaks to this this particular whatever and and it become this really watered down version of of god um or of, of god's word and so it can get it can get dicey and it can again lead us down roads to you know where we maybe we re, we reject the old testament Go, oh well that was god then and the new testament's god now and like we, all these weird things instead of looking at it as the whole the whole word of god the whole counsel of his of his divine revelation and instead just our best you know like picking and choosing of what we want to accept or what we don't want to accept and so that leads us uh, obviously that mentality is very progressive christianity very much in that camp of well i can do whatever you know I, I i i follow god uh how i think i should basically is how that gets summed up i mean obviously i don't think any of them would ever admit it that it's that way but that's totally how it plays out and so and so again like these phrases we need to be careful with you know if someone if <laughs> if we're saying you know god is stirring us then we we better make sure that we have it right sorry something popped up there we go okay so let's get into text because I think these are going this is going to help us sort of decipher prophecy and how we do this because um, obviously we <laughs> I'm telling us that hey thus saith the Lord well let's actually get into some of the thus saith the Lord okay so Deuteronomy chapter 13 I think is, is one of the, the important ones here. So Deuteronomy chapter 13, starting in verse one, I'm going to read through five. So Deuteronomy 13,1 through five, says this. It says, "If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, "Let us go after other gods which you have not known." the prophet or the dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord, your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. Okay. Some very important things just got said there and maybe you missed it because the ending got really gnarly um but let's i'll get there don't worry so verse one right it assumes that a prophet could potentially do something miraculous or at least appear to be miraculous now this is important because there are prophets self-proclaimed prophets or maybe maybe prophets i can air quote prophet um I guess for the audio version, I did need to specify that I air quoted prophet. <laughs> uh, silly me. Anyways. <clears throat> it assumes that they could potentially do something, or they can legitimately do something. Or at the very least appear to do something, right? Like this is this I think is really seen clearly in Exodus. Right? Moses starts to do like throws his staff down, boom, turns into a snake. Pharaoh's magicians show up and they go, Boom, we can do it too. Um and, or like the first few plagues, right? Boom, uh, we can we can uh, turn the um, water to blood. Boom, so can we. And so like, that's, I'm sorry, but that's crazy <laughs> to me. Like, I don't know if we just read it too quick, but that always like, I just go, that's insane. Like, how, how are they doing that? They don't have God on their side. Maybe that's a podcast for another day. But so Deuteronomy is going to make that assumption as well. It's going to make the assumption that there are people who could potentially do something or legitimately do something or, uh, again, like I said, at the very least appear to do something miraculous. But notice the mirac- them doing something miraculous, them providing some sort of a great sign or wonder is not sufficient because it keeps on going and it goes into... Um, Verse two, again, a signer when it comes to pass. So again, it came to pass of which he spoke to you saying, let's go after other gods. Uh Oh, let's go after other gods. Uh, but you have not known and let's serve them. So now, so now we have a standard. So hypothetically, because this is obviously ancient Israel, so we can use ancient Israel as the quintessential example because this is specifically who this is originally written to but obviously has super applicable things to us today so let's so again right some um prophet uh who's in the cult of baal comes along right and goes boom i can do this miraculous thing right i can make my altar catch on fire maybe it's a sleight of hand maybe it's you know an illusion maybe it's legitimate some sort of Wicked, evil power. Uh, again, terrifi- terrifies me that that's even a potentiality, but nevertheless, got to go with what the, the scripture seems to be pointing at. And so that comes to pass. Okay? Wow, he did something crazy. That's insane. And then he says, abandon Yahweh and let's go after Baal. Uh oh. That should be our first red flag. Who is the God? That they are telling us to seek after. Who is the God that they want us to serve? So then verse three Uh you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dream of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to whether you uh love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So check that. <laughs> Sky just did something insane. Don't go after him. He's leading you astray to some false God despite the fact that he did something and then it says that god is testing you that if you love the lord your god so do you know what god stands for you do you know what god is about do you know god and will you choose him even if somebody does something uh, miraculous or provides you with some sort of sign or wonder so god is using that to test and then verse four um stick with god obviously is the standard like you don't abandon god Right, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him. Keep his commandments. But then, <laughs> verse 4. Uh, oh man, I can only imagine some people probably get so mad at this. But wh- that's another argument for another day. Um, but you keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve and hold fast to... Where'd it go? Oh, oh, no, it's verse 5. Excuse me. Verse 5. But that prophet or that dreamer, dream shall be put to death. Because he's. Spoken, in order to turn you away from the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of bondage, to entice you away uh, from the way which the Lord your God commands you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. So before we get into the the killing of a of a prophet, and maybe what that looks like today. Um, keep in mind what is what is being grounded. So not only have we already said God tests through these false teachers, God will allow them to exist so that we uh, His people can be tested, but also tested that we know God and that we love him with our with our whole being. But then also did you catch how God identifies himself? He is the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage. So we can never forget this because our God actually did something historical. That's, that's the most revolutionary concept of, I, I think, the Christian worldview. We actually have a God that moved a nation through history at one point and then moves the church now, uh, today. And so we can actually see a historical progression, uh, other near Eastern religions specifically, but also other like you don't have that. Um, the closest you could probably get maybe is, is, um, Buddhism, Right there's a history with the man Siddhartha Gautama who becomes the first Buddha, but but again that's his wisdom and his teaching. Like it's not like he's not you know doing anything miraculous or 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 saving anyone or or um, you know anything like that. Um, then obviously there's lots of claims of Muhammad in the in the Quran and and I'm far from an expert in that, so I can't. Um, get too heavily into that but again when we compare it to scripture it it doesn't line up with some of the narrative that's there and some of the terminology and and, and honestly it denies certain uh, biblical concepts like the trinity and uh, the the deity of christ and so um, that would that would qualify for turning us to a different god because The God Allah in Islam Is not the same God as the God in the Bible Because Allah and Yahweh are not the same In any way, shape, or form Um, The Quran spells out a very different God Uh, He's not triune And um, he never sent a savior to redeem us He only sent prophets to speak on his behalf And so um, There is no incarnation there's no uh, triune three persons one being a god none of that is within that so that would be a false god and that wouldn't line up with this uh, warning uh, this command in deuteronomy chapter 13 um i will get into the whole put him to death thing in a minute because we're going to talk about another passage that also brings that up and so we'll we'll sort of conclude um, some thoughts on that in a minute once we have looked at the other passage um but so so, again, this is this is important to then look at because I've already mentioned Mormonism. I actually didn't intend to bring up Islam. Um, so, that was a fun little bonus for you guys. That wasn't in my notes. That was off the cuff, as they say. Um, and so... <clears throat> So again, so here we have God and he gives us this warning. He's again, he's a historical God. He's God who actually moves in history. He actually uh, intervenes and does what he, what he says he will. Oops. I'm getting ahead of myself, but he works in history. Uh, He tells us that even if somebody does something miraculous, it doesn't matter because we need to stay obedient and um, loving our God. And so again, I've already uh, mentioned Mormonism, but again, this is, I think this is so good because Mormonism hijacks our language as Christians. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, They believe in a father God, and they also will preach that we're saved by grace. But yet that's not what they mean. Um, And they don't believe in the same God. Because again, their God within Mormonism is not triune. It's sort of, hmm what's the best i don't know what the word would be for that but basically god the father god the son and god the holy spirit are unique beings and unique persons so there's no um singular being of god rather it's it's almost a a three gods of this planet actually they might even say that three gods of this planet um but they also will say that jesus and satan are brothers um which that's not the jesus in the bible so that's a a, a, a different god uh, despite the fact that they claim that jesus is god um they also say that satan is his brother so there's there's a difference in a distinction uh that makes him not the same they will also say that the that are uh, that father god was once a man um i believe it i believe they say elohim was his name um when he was a man um on a different planet um planet that Orbited the sun Kolob, I believe. It could be the planet Kolob. I'd always forget that distinction. So check me out if you, or, uh, you know, correct me if you want. Um, but again, nevertheless, he was at one point a man and then becomes exalted to become a god. Which, if you read the Bible, that is not the origin of God. Um, spoiler alert um, in case you haven't read the bible which would be really weird if you found me somehow but uh, <laughs> um but nevertheless who knows how algorithms work um i guess really smart tech people do but anyways um, that's <laughs> our god the the god of the universe uh, is eternal and has no beginning and so he was never once a man who exalted himself into becoming a god so very much the god of mormonism is a very different god so check mark okay mormonism they see us to a different god the deuteronomy 13 1 through 5 uh, passage would tell us that we need to stay away from that now just in case you're wondering well maybe you're just being overzealous maybe you're being a little too concerned no no uh, second corinthians chapter 11 also warns us that there are false christs <laughs> And Mormonism is just the easiest one to pick on because some of their things are just so blatantly anti-biblical that they're easy to, to, to point out. Um, and so, again, if we know God, if we love God, when we then hear about the details of, of what this Mormon God supposedly is, is, you go, wait a minute, that's not the right, that's not right at all. We need to, no, 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 that's not right. Um, and so, you know, we can take the warning from Second Corinthians or or Deuteronomy chapter 13, to to warn us about that so <clears throat> so again this sort of goes into this whole thing about you know where a prophet potentially is trying to lead us where a prophet is trying to to get us to go but again when we talk about prophecy and so often the church wants to just jump immediately into this category of prophecy and that is foretelling or future predictions and future event calling out super popular, um, in the church today. It has been for a long time. Um, so this is important because there's only one God who can do this. There's only one God who can tell us what the future is because he knows. Every other false God, every other supposed religious leader, anybody who's ever made a claim and been wrong is not hearing from God because God is all knowing. If God is all knowing, he's not going to say event a will happen on the specific day at the specific time, but then we're at that specific date and that specific time event, A doesn't happen. Because then he'd be wrong. And if he's a God who knows everything, if he's a God who's all-knowing, he knows the future and the past, how could he make that up? Or excuse me, how could he make that mistake? How could he not get that right? So just the logic, right? Um, the Psalms, oh my goodness. Just talk about his all-knowing, um, the fact that he, he knows the beginning from the end, uh, revelation, again, calls Jesus the alpha and the omega again that'd be like saying he's everything from a to z in our our vocabulary today again alpha and omega the beginning and the end of the, the Greek alphabet again that again he knows from the beginning and from the end he's the first and the last again he's eternal so he know he was there before it began he'll be there long after uh, our linear timeline ends cuz he's eternal all knowing <clears throat> roman's 8 28 again the fact that you know all things work together because again he knows the events he knows what he's doing he has uh, a plan or a purpose so we we know these things so so another passage we need to look about because we've been talking about future events right future we could god predicts the beginning from or excuse me predicts god knows the beginning from the end all that stuff so future telling obviously is an important component of this concept of of prophecy and so deuteronomy chapter 18 Verses 19 through 22. Deuteronomy eighteen nineteen through 22 says this But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks the name of other gods, Mary talked about that, the prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So, <laughs> again, exactly what I just said, just arguing it from you know the understanding of God, but here it is, Claire's Day, spelled out for us in Scripture. If a prophet says, this event will take place on this day, and it fails to do so, he is a false prophet prophet period why because he's not talking to god clearly and as the text said god didn't even command him to speak they are presuming or or making an assumption or guessing or trying to um <laughs> outright deceive you to to make a buck and we'll talk about that in a minute but again god can't error Because, well, first of all, he's perfect. He's God. But secondly, and specifically to this concept, he can't err because he knows all the events that are going to happen. There's a reason we can look into Daniel and go, oh, yeah, they should have expected Jesus at this time. Because it talks about that. When Jesus says, yeah, they're going to crucify me. I'm going to die. They should have listened because he knew that that was going to happen. But nevertheless nevertheless um, we need to be mindful of this that if somebody makes a prediction and their prophecy is wrong they're not hearing from the Lord and we shouldn't trust them we shouldn't continue to seek them out for counsel because it seems that they do not know God So, I said I was going to deal with the death penalty or the death of of a false prophet, um, and so I will. First of all, um, an unpopular opinion in all Western civilization today, especially out here in California. However, biblically speaking, um, God does believe in a death penalty for certain crimes. It would seem evident that false um, prophecy, a false prophet, would would be in alignment with that and definitely for the ancient israelite nation yes they were a theocracy um, or a you know eventually a, you know theocratic monarchy a, you know weird system but nevertheless they were supposed to be governed by god they were obeying all the commands of god directly as he revealed and so that was their system so it would have made sense for them to kill the false teacher would have been just because again it would have been somebody trying to lead that particular nation in that particular time away from the truth of who they were supposed to be however when we look into the new testament we do see that carryover per se we see plenty of interaction with false teachers in the book of acts uh, we also see warnings about false teachers, that they will come, that they will rise up, that they will try to deceive, that they will try to turn people away from them. However, we do not see that continuization because, honestly, I think it's simply because now of grace. In the Old Testament concept, God was drawing out a very distinct point that man has fallen and man needs Man needs something. It needs a savior, which we see come in Christ to redeem. And so our hope So our our hope now is in or our, excuse me, not our hope. Well our hope is in Christ, obviously. But our um default methodology is grace rather than judgment now. Rather than when a man falls we look to restore them. Um, how many New, Pas- New Testament passages talk about restoring a brother who's fallen away or, or or backslidden? Those kind of things. Again, restore. We want grace. We want to see someone reconciled, redeemed. And so, again, when we talk about false teachers, we don't just kill them um, as as the death penalty would demand now, because we have to hold out hope that they could repent and reject their false teaching um, and come to a true understanding of who God is Um, probably one of the most famous examples of this is is a man by the name of Kosti Hinn Um, he uh, is the nephew of Benny Hinn who is a uh, ravenish uh, televangelist who fleeces people out of millions of dollars annually Um, Terrible ministry. If you're into Benny Hinn, uh, stop. Uh, Don't worry, I'll call out other ones here in a minute. Uh, But get out, for real. But Kosti Hinn, his nephew, very much plugged in to uh, what his uncle Benny Hinn was doing. Um, Helped actually serve uh, within their different shows and, and live events and all that. And lived life in some of the most amazing, immaculate things that you could ever fathom. Um, the Pabalumpi interview actually is really fascinating. You hear some of the bat story, um, but then also just in his own testimonies of things that he shared, um, throughout his ministry now is, is fascinating because now he's a Orthodox Christian. He's walking with the Lord and, and he's recanted and he's, uh, repented from, from that previous life. And so a fascinating, um, story of, of God, again, redeeming and, and bringing something out of a false movement and into the true gospel and so um when we talk about false teachers that's why uh it seems that we shouldn't hold to that same standard of of uh, the death penalty because now we have grace and we can hope and see that people could come out of it and so again i think our our following the death penalty is for now uh, very specific crimes against um, people physically not just spiritually because we believe that spiritually people can be redeemed and Anyways, getting off on a tangent on the, the death penalty, that's a topic for another day. Anyways, man, I think I have like 12 of those. So I'll have to listen to this and like write down different topics. Anyways. Oh, I will say this just in closing again. In the New Testament, we do see that we should call out, we should pray for, we should rebuke, and we should teach the false teacher, but we don't see any commands to continue on in the, the death penalty. So just in case you didn't get that point, there it is summed up. So prophecy being the mouthpiece of God is speaking on behalf of God. And so if we're going to make a claim, manage and line up with scripture, it really needs to be there. I think we, as just the, the Western evangelical church, we need to be a little tighter with our lips with that phrase uh, but then also too we need to watch out for somebody who's saying that like hey no i got this special revelation i hear directly from the lord i got this personal you know phone call and he's telling me this and this and this and we test that and we see if it lines up with scripture doesn't match is he leading us to try to go after some other god or is he making even a bold prediction about what's gonna happen now 2020 was a horrendous year for false profits you see in 2020 if you've forgotten already this late into 2021 there was a presidential election and in this presidential election several 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 so called air quotes for my audio listeners prophets came out and said trump will win reelection by a landslide and actually some of them actually this was really funny this is my funniest one that i saw was there's one guy in particular i can't remember who it was uh but there's one guy in particular said if christians come out to vote he'll win in a landslide but even if christians don't come out to vote he'll still win but by a narrow margin And i'm like you're making a prediction about the future and you don't even know which one it's going to be that should have been your first red flag if you were following that individual But nevertheless, there are these people, and it was 2020 has been a horrible year because they like (laughs) some of them even said, like, COVID, it's going to go away tomorrow. We're going to get a vaccine in a week or uh, something along those lines. And neither of those things uh, came to pass at the time in which they said, um, because that was early on in the, the COVID stuff. But never mind all that. It was a horrendous year for them. They blew the presidential election. They blew. Uh, the covid outbreak they messed up on so many things like that and there were dozens like i said that that went into this um i will in the description of this video um, have a link to a a, it's like a four hour long presentation that justin peters put together if you are unfamiliar with justin peters uh, i would highly recommend him to you especially if you want to get into uh these issues of false prophets and um other movements that are that are just not good for the christian church to be involved in uh he deals uh with those uh fake healing ministries and um the event or excuse me the um prosperity teachers and all those things uh so he's a he's a great uh, follow on youtube um but also um he's written some stuff in just someone i i i admire i recommend him to you to check him out justin peters uh but like i said i will put i will link to his um four hour i think it's four or five hours long where he breaks down a, a chunk of these uh, false prophecies that didn't come to pass uh and calls them out by name but just for the sake of me being clear as well here are some false teachers that i believe we need to be on the lookout for and if you are following these individuals ministries i would recommend that you stop so in the spirit of paul calling out false teachers um i am following suit because i want to try to prevent you from going after them i will say it with this disclaimer don't just take my word for it look at what they say Test it against scripture. Just because I call them a false teacher doesn't mean I'm right. But I'm basing it on scripture, and so I feel like if you actually do your homework, you will come to the same conclusion that I have. So, here we go. Joel Osteen, false teacher. Paula White, false teacher. Stephen Furtick, false teacher. T.D. Jakes false teacher bill johnson false teacher and jeremiah johnson false teacher also had chris vaulton in there um when i originally wrote my outline but i don't know if we need to worry about him as much because i think he's been um i think he was the one that was involved in a uh some sort of scandal and so he is no longer serving but any of his old material if you come across chris walton um run as well but i think their church actually did i don't know if excommunicate is the right word or or asked him to step down never nevertheless um no good if you find any of his old stuff but so this particular group these people that i listed here are either in that camp of somebody who had a false prophecy uh just this last year uh where they made the prediction that did not happen that did not even come close um or they are people that push us to a false christ or a false understanding of who god is um and so there's some in here who teach the, uh, the prosperity teaching which again tells us that god's gonna give us everything we want basically we just have enough faith Uh, We have uh, people who deny the Trinity in this group. And like I said, we also have people who have just had blatant false prophecies Um, and and some several, not even just in 2020, but throughout their ministry. So, like I said, I will link the some of the stuff that Justin Peter or that one particular video that Justin Peters did um, to for further evidence. Uh, But like I said, um, if there are someone if there's someone in there that you listen to, that you follow, um, check them out and test what they say to scripture. Uh, and then if you think I'm wrong, um, feel free to comment and I'll see what I can do about trying to show you why it is that I'm holding to my position. So, thank you for checking this out. Thank you for uh, hearing me out on this concept. Um, if you again, feel differently, I'd love to hear what you have to think. Feel free to, to comment or, um, reach out um and like i said before do your homework don't just take my word for it i'm just some guy with a microphone and a camera um so test put me to the test and put who else you listen to to the test so thanks for checking theology happens out and hopefully i will see you next time god bless